Scott Kaufman. What's happening? Dude, so glad that you're here because you just went through a big moment and you started to tell me about it because you thought we were recording and now I just want to hear about everything that you just experienced because it's so epic. Go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was telling you, um, you know, mo- I've been doing medicine work for just about 10 years, just short of 10 years. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's nine years, exactly. And uh, and I've always really done it in a sort of similar modality where, you know, we get together and there's an induction and, a, and a, like an open-ended question that's asked to drop into a space and to maybe maybe set a little bit of a context for what, what may come up in that night. And for whatever reason, it ends up resonating kind of always with who, with anybody who's there. And they're, and they're, they go from small to big, but usually no less than 12 people, no more than like 25. Um, this wasn't that this was just, uh, 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 an IS ceremony. Um, and there was a lot of it that that was beautiful, really, really beautiful. We did uh, a prayer to Grandfather Fire, and you know we set intentions and we said our prayers, um, and it was beautiful. And the shaman, like the shaman, was really rooted in his tradition and in in his ways. And can I ask um, what your intention was as well? My intention was uh, well, there was a lot. There was a lot. There was a lot of intention, but. But the main intention was to um, change my relationship to my pain, which ironically, uh, but, but it, I, like I, it, my intention spread because I, I had an intention to bring like peace to my ex-wife, you know, as it relates to me or, you know, bring, and to bring love and care to my current wife and to my family and to me as it relates to, and to bring ease into my um into my world, but it was a lot around, um, the release of pain. Now, ultimately I got that, uh, but it was a, it was a windy road. Uh, the first night, nothing much happened. And I was actually quite irritated because the way they hold it is you sit in a chair and you don't move and you don't talk and you're in the dark in in silence and for me alone in silence is kind of how i have experienced my pain um and so my medicine historically has been connection and it's not it's not it, and it's human connection cuz i i'm i'm very connected to spirit kind of always um, I remember you telling me stories of when your cluster headaches would come forward and you would be in so much excruciating pain that you would lock yourself in the garage. Well, uh, so, yeah. So, you know, I got my cluster headaches when I was 26 years old. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, that's not something that is all that relatable to people. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not, um, like, how do you relate to that? No, very few people have ever experienced it. And, <clears throat> you know, it's very annoying how it happens because it happens out of the clear blue or it hap- it wakes you up out of your dead sleep. Like, 
two, three times in a night. Um, and so the reason I slept on the garage or in the garage, and that was really only for the second half of it. The first half of it, I was living in an apartment and I kept the tank, the, I had oxygen tanks that I would use to try to abort the headaches. And I actually kept them in a closet sort of in the kitchen area. And there was a time fairly early on, uh, or right when, right when I had my daughter or maybe just before when I had Annabelle, um, what I would do is, is when, when you're in that kind of pain, you, you make yourself alone because it, you, there's a lot, there's some shame in it. Sure. Um, and then what you do is you kind of like, you, I would clutch onto my head like this, like I would hold, and, and then I would rock back and forth. And then I would hum and I would kind of like hum, like chant humming because the vibration of the humming uh, would add something to it that maybe made it more manageable. But it, mm. it's, it's kind of, I think it's kind of a known thing that people do in that space. Mm. Uh, and the pain was just excruciating, all encompassing. And then it would just go away and it would just go. And then it would come back, you know, like maybe three, four hours later. Um, but they were like, they were like 45 minutes to an hour at a time. So it was a, you know, when you put it all together, it was a lot of time. And, and then they would go on for like 12 weeks at a time. But it was a very lonely, uh, the point of the story is that it was a very lonely experience. Right. And there was no real connection to be had because I, I, I was interpreting it as though nobody could really relate to it. And, you know, if I told you how many times people asked me, you know, did you take Advil? And I want to, you know, hit them over the head with a sledgehammer. Right. You know, or like, have you seen th this? Doc I, I, listen, I, every, every pill, every doctor in the state of California, I had seen. And right. so I know it was coming from love to a point, to a point, because, uh, you know, I, I also recognize that people like to be right. And so I felt like it was coming from there, too. Like, I'm yeah. going to be the one that fixes it. Right. And, and people like avoiding their own discomfort of you being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, like having Absolutely. to sit, sit in that, like, oh, I'll just like throw something at it. Yeah, like, totally. Make, make, make this conversation go to something more, more, more light. Yeah. Um, and so my medicine, you know, have, moving into the community that, that, that we mostly operate in has been about human support, which I haven't. You know, whether I've been historically unsupportable or it hasn't been available available to me in a in a way that I could receive it or or chose to receive it, the medicine was very much in in the human support and being seen for, in my experience. So when I get when I went down there, um, so when I went down there, you know, I was. I was psyched because I was going to one of the most important people in my whole life's house. Uh, and then a, a few of my really good friends were going to be there. And actually two of the most important people in my life. So it was at Kyle's house and Natalie came. Epic humans. Right. So it was, you know, and so like, he's my brother. She's my sister, you know, like we're family. And then our friend Rob or Kyle's brother-in-law, Rob was there. And then uh, for the second night, my friend Eric was there. 
Um, and Eric's like a master of this particular modality. Um, and then there were two people there that I didn't know. So it was a small group. Uh, and so the first night, I didn't, I didn't really feel the medicine at all, which the only discomfort I had was that I had to sit there listening to people purge. And then one of the, one of the guys, I'm not going to call him out, had, had a really hard experience and he ends up calling me over to help. And I go and help. And then, you know, the shaman's like, well, that's not really how we do things. I'm glad that he felt comfortable to call you to help, but that's not really how we do things. You kind of just go through it on your own and get to the other side. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Because again, like the way I'm wired is that if somebody is in trouble and they're in a house that's on fire, I'm going in the house and I'm going to get them. And so it was uncomfortable to, to sit there uh, for 40 minutes or whatever it was, 20 minutes before he asked for help to sit next to him when I was watching that he needed help uh, and, and feeling uh, handcuffed. In, in, in not doing it. And then after, and then after I did it, it's funny because we were talking after the first night, me and that guy and I'm, and he, and I'm like, I wanted to come to you sooner, but I didn't want to break what I felt was the rule. Cause everybody was sitting there quietly. Right. And he's like, since when do you listen to the rules? Meanwhile, the next morning, the drama's like, you got to listen to the rules. So, uh, we cut to the second night and before the ceremony, I, I talked to, uh, to Stacy and Jamie and they're like, no, you just got to ask for more medicine. And I'm like, all right. So I, I, did you just take one cup the first night? Well, I only took one cup both nights. Cool. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's like his brew is like the espresso of Aya. Sure. It's like, yeah, it's it'll pretty do, concentrated. It, it'll take you there. So the second night, I kind of called it on myself, right? The second night, I went to the, I went to the, to the, to the shaman, and I, and I, I asked him, like, is it normal for people to ask for more medicine if, if there's not an experience? He's like, sure, you can ask, but you know, you could kind of tell he was like chuckling inside. And then before the ceremony, I'm like, so how often does someone actually like really lose their shit? And he's like, you know, it happens. It's not that often, but it happens. And so of course. Um, we, we do the sweat, we do, we do the prayers, we sit down, we drink. It couldn't have been five minutes after I close my eyes and it's chaos. Like, like, dude, like every trigger, every trigger that I have, and I'm a triggered dude, uh, every trigger at once. And I'm sitting there and I'm, and I, I know the rules, right? Just relax. Just let it go through you. Just relax. Just let it go. And then, and then, and then it can't, it's too much. And then it moves into my body and now I'm in pain, like pain, pain. And I'm really struggling and I'm grunting and I'm moaning and, and, and Natalie's sitting next to me and I can feel her discomfort and my friend and Rob is sitting next to her. And I can feel that he's trying to move the energy for me. He's like, he's purging for me. And I'm like, so I'm feeling like shame that I'm taking too much space. And, but also I'm having this experience. That's not, not good. I mean, it's not good. And it's, and it's everything. And it's not, there's no turning away from it. There's no like, 
it's it's all encompassing. Eventually, I'm like, I need help, and which is kind of a no no, but I did it anyways. I'm like, I need help, and you know, Eric comes over and he's like, just focus on your breath, just just keep focus on your breath. So I do that for a minute, and then I'm just like, you know, this is feeling dangerous at this point. Now my body has gone into complete panic, which I've experienced before on medicine. You know, I've had, I don't know how many ego deaths and like I've experienced it before, but this is a, like, this felt like a different, different level of intensity, mostly because the visuals were so intense. So I couldn't close my eyes and like, like have any moment or, or, or breath or, and then and then I was like, and then it got to a point where I was like, "Hey guys, this like this feels dangerous. I feel like I might have a heart attack. You got to take me to the hospital or get me a Xanax or something because this isn't going to work." And so, and I ended up getting getting up and and walking myself to the door like I was going to make them take me to the hospital. And then I ended up passing out. Um. And the shaman blew smoke in my face, which calmed me for a moment. Um, and then I kind of sat outside, like grappling for two hours. Um, you know, and 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 Eric was facilitating me, and he was doing just a masterful job. You know, he would sit there and let me thrash, and then he would gently come in and be like, "Hey, uh, focus on your family." Focus on your daughter. Um, focus on your breath. You know, and then he had me chant my, like, I, lo- I love you, Valhalla, to my daughter. Like, he, like we were doing all the things. Because I was also, it was so overwhelming and intense. Like, I was kind of, like, having a psychotic break. Because it was when the pain is that crazy. Like, and I've, re- I've had it happen before. Like, where you just kind of lose yourself. And so... I, I knew I had lost myself, but I had lost total authority over over anything. Um, you know, and in the end, uh, you know, Eric and I were kind of talking and there would be a moment of like laughing at how ridiculous this was that was happening, but then it would go back into being crazy. Um, and ultimately, you know, he he said to me, he's like, look, at the end of the day, deep down inside, this is a choice. And you can choose life and you can choose love. Um, but this is going to pass. Um, and you're in it. He's like, and I've been through this like a lot of times. And I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, like, why the fuck would you ever do it again? Uh, and and he's, he's like, I've been through this a lot of times. And, but I really dug in and I, and I chose, I chose life and I chose my family and I chose my community and I chose, you know, you and Alex. And I chose, you know, I kind of went through everybody kind of individually. I chose Miles and Annabelle and I chose, you know, my men's team and Jamie and like all, all the, all, all the, the people that are, you know, Daniel and all the people that are like, you know, and Rick, Rick came in every, like all, all these people came in, um, and it kind of like, and then I started chanting in Old Norse because, as I do, um, and and but it, it was good because it kind of acted like my cheerleading squad, like I was becoming my cheerleading squad, you know. And 
I mean, I thought about like crazy times in my life. Uh, Eric was, was wise enough to tell me to bring in my dad. I brought in my dad. Um, I brought in all of my clients, all the people that I've worked with. I brought in, like I brought in all of these people and, uh, yeah, about two and a half hours later, you know, he's like, I'm fucking freezing. Cause we were outside on the deck. Um, can we go inside? And I, so I end up going on Kyle's bed and I start like rocking and humming to kind of self-soothe. And then I just kind of snap out of it. I look around and I start laughing. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? This is madness. And then I went to the restroom and then I went and sat back in the circle. Um, and so I feel, I feel like it was an absolutely incredible experience. Um, there's a lot to integrate and I think it's going to take a lot of time where most of my ceremonies, I don't feel like take that much time. This one, I feel like it's going to be a long road because I want to know, first of all, what was dislodged. And also like there was a feeling when I was coming onto the other side, like you ever see Harry Potter. So there's these dementors. They're like these, these like, like demons that are like coming to change. I felt like that was happening to me. And the funny irony about it is the only gut person in Hollywood that's ever been diagnosed with the kind of headaches that I have is the kid that played Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's great. As it were. So, um, mm-hmm. so I'm happy to get back to doing ceremonies in my community, honestly, mm-hmm. and the way that we do them, um, because it really, it really sh- shine a light on how much I value. And even if I'm not in the room with them, but how much I value the community, the, 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 like if I'm in trouble, I can call Alexa, Stacy, Deanna, Rick, da, 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 Natalie. Like I can call on my people and the value, because I went through all of that, that pain and struggle before alone is really, uh, what I feel is the medicine for me. So I don't know that I'll ever do it again, but we'll see. Totally. What, if you are, I mean, obviously integration for years and years and years, um, this is what we do, but, mm-hmm. um, just since being back home, mm-hmm. what do you feel like has shifted with your relationship to pain? If anything, I don't know yet that what I do, what I have recognized is my nervous system is very fried. Mm. Um, I, I'm feeling nervous, like anxiety, mm-hmm. um, which actually anxiety isn't really something that I typically operate with. Mm. So I'm you know, focusing on my breath and all the things and uh, meditating and cold plunging and doing my doing my routine uh i haven't knock on wood i haven't had a headache since i've been back which is great because mm-hmm. i had been getting migraines i hadn't been getting cluster headaches but i had been getting migraines uh which is what prompted me to go um
my body's stiff because I was flopping around like a fish out of water. But I, I don't feel I don't feel pain per se. I had a little bit of a headache last night, but I think I just get headaches at night. Not but it's not like not manageable kind of stuff. It's not like I gotta hide in a room or anything. I, I just am sitting with because I've I've sat with ayahuasca a few times mm-hmm. and my first experience with it was similar to what you were what you just shared. Peruvian shaman in the jungle um in Mexico and you know, everyone stays in their place. You're not supposed to talk to anybody. It's it's very um you know, there is a discipline to it, which I really appreciate. Um but the last time I sat, which was the only other time I've sat, I only sat twice, but the second time I sat it was three nights. Um it was so much community. But the community wasn't in talking to each other. The community was in how we were supporting each other outside of it mm-hmm. and how we were holding each other in the space, despite the fact that we couldn't speak and we could mm-hmm. sing. We were allowed to sing. We were supposed to be, you know, we were supposed to be a part of the Icaros, which was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would be hard for me to not feel a, a sense of community in that space because you're up against everything that you haven't wanted to look at. Mm-hmm. And I think and, it's and interesting. I get why they do it. Like, they don't want you distracting yourself from it. Like, I get it. Right. I get it. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not like down talking it. I, for me, there's been so much of facing discomfort alone. Yeah. And not being, you know, with, like a cluster headache, you can't be distracted from it. Right. There's no other thing. It's, 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 a cluster headache was, is the same intensity as what I was going through, but mm. it's all like, like, spot. yeah. And it's real sharp. It's real. Um, mm. It's basically it, what it feels like is you're, you got a, a hot ice pick in your eye and you're getting electrocuted at the same time. That's what a cluster headache feels like. That's electrocuted, fantastic. but in that only in that one spot. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Um, um. So like I've I've been in that kind of intent. That's what I'm saying. What right. I was saying to you when we first started. I'm like my whatever my thing is with intensity is like. Hey, you're an intense person. Apparently. Yeah. No kidding. I, I remember feeling after coming back from my last experience that it was like a layer of my skin was missing. That it was like, um, that there was like a level of tenderness. Totally. You know, where you're like exposed in a different way and you're like, everything is a little like, like Overwhelmed. I flew to Costa Rica to do it and flying back, like sitting on an airplane for seven hours after that, I was like, everybody go the fuck away. <laughs> yeah. And Natalie got on, a, by the way, left and went and got on a flight to Australia. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. She's, she's we'll such a, a G, man. She's such a G. I mean, get out of here. Whoa. Although, although the shaman left the night, uh, the night in night, woke up, didn't come back. They don't do like integration, which, by the way, for me, we 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 did a makeshift. 
because they don't really never, do it. I've never experienced that. Yep. I, I've I my Peruvian shaman totally did integration. But well, for by the way, for that was very triggering for me. Yeah, especially be... having having gone through what I went through. Yeah, like I want the next day to talk to somebody who's seen this before and been like, hey. Here are some tips on how to integrate that. Yeah. I have someone for you if you want who does this and she's incredible. She's she facilitated my last experience in Costa Rica and we had two days of integration after and then two more integrations after that via Zoom. Like for me, like Huh? Yeah, no, that, that doesn't that was sense. that was very uh well, yeah. it, it was unusual, obviously, but it was also like I don't know. Like, <clears throat> for me, it's more about the integration than the thing. That's why we do it. If we can't integrate it into our life, then we're just doing drugs. Yeah. And if you're doing <laughs> drugs, you don't do the kind of drugs that that can ever happen. Correct. <laughs> like, Accurate. the fact is, is that it's like ayahuasca seems like the thing you would make legal, you know, and only facilitated by people that were, were, um, trained in doing so because it's not like anybody's going to be like hey let's go uh to the bar and then go home and drink some ayahuasca literally no one no that's never gonna happen it's never gonna happen (laughs) it's exactly right you know and and look it's it's transformative it's it's you know getting facing facing a psychotic break head on and 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 getting to a place where you are forced to accept that that's a possibility because the resistance is obviously what's causing the discomfort and, and, and knowing that, and also knowing that, you know, I have a lot of work to do with my mind as it relates to surrender. Because, um, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Your, your picture went away. Totally. Um, to surrender because it was really hard to surrender, like really, really hard. Yeah. And, you know, that, that tells me that there's work to be done, which, you know, I, my, my hunch is that, you know, while migraines are real um, and they're, they're a manifestation of something, my take is not from this sort of plane. Because if you go to a doctor and they do like an MRI, nothing ever shows up. But it's also it also would have to be psychosomatic. It would have to be created by resistance in the in in, in something. And so, like, you know, it, it's weird when you're put in a place where you you have to recognize your 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 shortcomings. And one of my shortcomings of many. Um, is that resistance to what is, mm-hmm. and and you know it's one of those things that I can coach. I can coach people through, but when it comes when it comes to me, depending on the situation, it's very difficult. But I also like I know I know it. Like I know the gear. I know the tool. Of course, but but implementing it can be really really. Um, can be really hard. And so it also brings compassion to other people's process when it's, when it's hard, when they know what to do, but sometimes it's just hard to do. Thank you for the humility because nobody wants a teacher who isn't going through their own shit. Like those people are cult leaders. (laughs) 
you know, like, right? Like that's the that's the shit you run away from. Like we want people that are still in their process and still in their humanity and their humility and their humanness. Um, and I think most of the problems on this planet are from us being in resistance to what is. Most of them, right? Like. I don't want this relationship to end. Well, it's ending. I'm in resistance to it. Like, I don't want to be in pain. I'm in resistance to it. Well, life is pain. Like anyone who tells you otherwise is trying to sell you something. You know, like it's it's all of that. And we're all resisting what is all the fucking time. And you just happen to be so good at coaching people on how to get through it that you're like, I should fucking know how to do this shit. And you're For fucking sure. human, Kaufman. For sure. <laughs> And, you know, I, you're right. Life is pain. You know, the first thing you do when you're born, right, is you cry. It's, the first it's thing horrible. And when you die, the pain goes away. But nobody wants to die. And nobody wants anybody around to die. I think, I think you're right, though. A lot of, a lot of um, the pain is resistance. And a lot of the pain, from my experience, and look, I, this came up a lot. You know, I don't think anyone has answers. I don't think that I don't I think that anybody who tells you that they have answers is is a snake oil salesman. I think that I think that the truth of the matter is is that the person who has the right question for you to come up with the answer for you um which is is healthy. But to, but somebody having answers like unless you come to that answer for yourself, it's just words. It's just words and like a protocol or, you know, it's it, the protocol is so that you come up with it for you because everybody's different. Everybody, you know, we were talking about human design over the weekend and every, everybody's got a different human design uh, if you believe in it or astrology, if you believe in it or whatever it is, whatever, you know, Enneagram, whatever, 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 you know, the woo woo psycho babble you're into, um, which, which, by the way, almost always tracks perfectly i know it's almost always like i, I call it i call it woo woo you know for fuck's sake be, though because it's like it's like fucking hell like am i supposed to know all this shit about myself like I, right you know it's a lot however um it also goes to prove that it's not one size fits all because everybody's so different like that you know mine says i'm a projector which means I need a lot of space and I need a lot of rest. It's all true. I do. I require a lot of rest and I require space and I require um, <coughs> cave time. I, I, like I do. Uh, so it is true, which means that someone who's telling, you know, saying, well, just get out there and go run 20 miles. Well, that's, that, that doesn't play for me. But, you know, I'll go through a phase in my life where I'll do it, you know, and then I'll just stop. I just like, there's a weird, I, I always get mad. I always blame myself and be like, well, why don't you have the discipline to do it? And then I see this thing and it's like hardwired into who I am. And then I'm like, well, am I believing the hype? Am I believing the story? Like, am I, am I, is, is that giving me permission to be lazy? So it, I think it's just different for everybody. It's, it's so good what you just said about like, it has to come from you right? Like you have to, you actually have to come to it. And that's what like a good therapist or a good coach or a good shaman or whatever will, will help you 
answer it for you. But I think that this is the, the, the point of differentiation, particularly for psychoactive substances, mm-hmm. because like when you go into a, a psychedelic state mm-hmm. and you figure it out, because you can know like, oh, I should love myself. But then mm-hmm. you go in on, you know, your ayahuasca journey and you're like, oh, God, like, whoa, this is what it feels like to love myself. You're like, oh, now I know. Actually, now I like get it. Like now I don't I don't need you to like tell me I should love myself. Now I, I know in my body somatically I should fucking love myself. And this is where this is why these psychoactive substances can be so profound for people who have something physical, like a cluster headache. They have something mental, emotional, like PTSD. They have, uh, they're dying, like my mother of cancer, and were so terrified of death. And then they realized through these journeys that death doesn't exist and there's nothing to fear, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, we can't know it up here unless we know it in here. And this is part of why these, these journeys under the right set and setting and with proper integration can be so potent and powerful because we can actually know things in our body that we didn't know in our head. I I mean, it's absolutely true. Look, every once in a while you find somebody like for you, Ram Dass or, you know, Alan Watts or somebody who, who can, trigger you having that feeling like like if you sat in front of neem karoli baba right right just in his presence that can bring it up in you you know yeah Yeah. but but he's dead now right Mm -hmm. yeah and so is ramdas and alan watts they're all fucking dead yeah well Uh, all that's left all that's left is uh is uh sadguru right he's pretty cool he's a he's an interesting dude he is interesting i have a friend you know remember peter the guy with the beard yeah of course he works for Sadhguru now he does that feels accurate yeah he totally does that feels right he totally does that's great um, good for peter yeah i mean that's like that feels that's right. like his dream come true yeah totally it's great um but i think you know i i, I one thing I, t- I took away and, I, and I, I'm happy to have taken away from this is the understanding that I don't have answers and I don't want to have answers. Because, and I talk about this a lot, right? And the answers is the death of the question, which means that you're, that you're not in the experience that you're, that you're, you're pushing away. Um, you're pushing away the moment that you're living in so that you can get to the end. Like mm-hmm. uh, I talk about row, row, row your boat. Did we talk about it in the last, in the last podcast? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so from the work that I've done and uh, Deanna brought this to me years ago. And then of course I turned it into a whole thing. Cause that's what I do. Um, the most important that I found really piece of literature maybe ever written uh, as it relates, it's, it's kind of the the handbook for life, or one of them. And it's row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Because it, it, it implies, you know, row your boat, and your boat is your body, and you, you, you live in your body, right? But you're not your body, but you are your body, and it's, you know, the whole thing. Uh, but you're rowing, so you're, so you're, in, you're in motion, but you're doing mm-hmm. it gently. Mm-hmm. you're doing it gently and you're not and you're not pushing too hard and you're not pushing too too light but you're doing it gently 
and you're moving downstream. So you're going with the flow of life. As life uh, gives you something, you take it and you do with it, but you're not in resistance to what is. You're going mm-hmm. downstream. And if you go off stream, you find your way uh, back downstream. Mm. And you do it merrily. So you do it with an intentional context. And the context is, I'm happy to be here, which is merrily, right? And then uh, life has been a dream. So we're living in a material manifestation of consciousness. And, and uh, there's no real proof that this is even exists. There's no empirical proof that this even exists or you even exist. And everything that you experience in your life uh, is projected from your brain and your eyes and your senses, right? But that doesn't mean it's real. Red to me could be different than red to you and we would never know. And so it's a dream, you know, and my take is, is that when you die, you wake up, you're dreaming here. When you die, you wake up and then you come back into another dream. Cause like, does anybody think it's weird that like you go to sleep at night and you have these insane dreams mm-hmm. about other play like places and you're doing weird shit and nobody like, nobody's like, huh? That's some really crazy shit that's happening. And we, we just accept it to be normal. Right. We just completely accept it to be normal. Every yeah. night. <laughs> it's totally normal that this is happening. Well, yeah, I have something to say about that. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a <Somehow>. minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. 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 And so it's cool, to, it's cool to fall back on row, row, row your boat when... Mm. When you're in resistance, uh, when you're when you're pushing against, when you're feeling like you're lazy, or you're just just gently, gently one foot in front of the other, one 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 oar at a time, go gently down the stream. And the most important piece of that is to do it merrily, as and it can be a pain in the ass. But here's the thing: ultimately. Ultimately, it's a choice. How you show up is a choice. Ultimately. Sounds like what you're integrating from your ayahuasca. I mean, it's choice. it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And it is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I like to be a dick about it and say it's not because it's happening to me and all the things, just like of course. everybody does. Which is resistance. Right. And, and, you know, and there is status in being a victim. For sure. God, yes. And it's a lot easier to be a victim than to, to own it. Um, because if you own it, then you don't have an excuse. Right. And if you don't have an excuse, then you're, you're going to fucking show up. You got to do it. Right. It's, and it's not, all, it's not, it's not easy. Like you said, you know, uh, to, to live is to, is to experience pain. You know, I made a deal with, uh, with Rob that I wouldn't say suffer. So, I'm just going to say pain. Uh, yeah, I did that, Rob. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's and it's a gift because because opposite of that, you know, is bliss. But it's it's being in bliss, getting to share bliss, getting to know that you're in bliss. Right, because I think that when after you pass, because you no longer exist as an individual, there's no it's, there's no knowing it individually to you, or really sharing it. 
It's like taking off a tight shoe. Das yeah. used to say. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind. Of, that's kind of what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Taking like, off oh, a tight shoe. Just take it off. It's too much. What would you say to your clients who are in victimhood, who are stuck in the loop? It, it's happening to me. It depends on the client because hitting hitting somebody who's really married to a story right between the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of my job is to keep them coming back so that you know, so that they're accountable to someone and so that uh and so that they can digest it and then compost it. And if if they're not ready to hear it, because if I could just say it, I'd be like, look, you have a choice here. And right now you're choosing pain. You're choosing resistance. You're choosing you're gonna choose a manifestation in your body or your mind of that pain because you're choosing it. It's not happening to you. Now the cluster headache is hard for me. It's hard for me to it's a, you know, there's exceptions because the cluster headache, as you know, wasn't from this realm and we figured out where it came from and it's different, but like, you know, gut issues, uh, which I have, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, and also the reason I, I, I feel equipped to help people is because I've been through it all and I still am dealing with it all and I'm open about my process. Uh, and I, and I, I feel like I don't feel shame about it where some people do. And so I'm, I'm happy to go in it with people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but if somebody was operating in, in, in resistance like that, the answer is, first of all, it's a choice. Second of all, what do you get out of it? What's the payoff? Everything, everything we do, whether it's, whether we're looking for a payoff like work, right. Or we're. Uh, or we're not, we're, we're still getting one. If you ate McDonald's every day for a month, you're going to feel like shit. That's the payoff. But there was a, there was a short term payoff that it tastes really good. But if you eat whole foods for a month, well, it might, it's going to be a different kind of good, but it's, you know, it's, it's not as, um, hedonistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, the payoff in a month is that you're going to feel good if you commit to that. So there's always a payoff. The addiction to pain, there is a level of addiction to pain, at least for me and my experience, like my own relationship to, there's a red tail hawk right out here. It's really beautiful, by the way. Um, probably my mom. There's a little bit of an addiction to it because there's an aliveness that comes from pain. <clears throat> That's that like, it's deeply sensational. Right. And we only know our humanness through the body, through sensation. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. Um, Which is weird. So fucking weird. So fucking weird. But yeah, it's almost like getting a hit. You know, at least for me, I have moments of like, oh, wow. I like there's a small, small part of me that loves this pain of like not feeling chosen in this moment. Or it's like my little addiction. What would you say? To uh, yeah, I would. Like that? Well, I would say that that. So, without, if you're living in, if you have pain, or you have pleasure, then there's a knowing that you're experiencing something. But if it's nothing, like you're feeling just 
existing, mm-hmm. it's kind of boring. And so, so I think the mind, because the mind is wired to find, to seek out happiness or, or for addicts, uh, satisfaction. And so the mind is, and, and so if you, if, if, if you're attached to being a victim and this is happening to me, the mind's going to seek that out unless it's trained to seek out something else. So the training to seek out something else would be to meditate, um, to chant, like, like things that like in Western culture, it's just not part of the deal for a lot of people. Like, and, and inevitably when I start working with somebody, I'm like, okay, have you ever meditated? Like, well, I don't have time is the first one. Uh, I don't, I don't have, you know, uh, I don't have the attention span and, you know, you talk to a meditation teacher, the first thing you're going to tell you is, well, you're the person who needs it most. Um, however, in Western culture, it's not, it's not celebrated. Well, it's becoming more, but it's not, it's becoming more on the East coast and the West coast. I don't really know what the middle of of the country looks like, but I can tell you that it is becoming more here. Um, For sure. But there's a commitment. And I'm, I'm saying this because I don't have it a lot of the time, and, but I do recognize that it's, that it's there. There's a commitment to living in joy because I think that happiness is fleeting. Happiness can be had with a new, with a night, a good meal, a new watch, and a new girlfriend, but that can all be taken away. Uh, a context of joy can't be taken away from you because it's coming from inside out versus outside to in. Mm. Um, the good meal, the new watch, and the hot girlfriend is out is outside to in, which means uh, you're always susceptible. Uh, cultivating joy is an art it's an art that not a lot of us have mastered uh me included um but it's also a practice it's never it's never done the moment you think it's done you're going to go back into pain hmm. it, it, it's not it's not a there's no fix for the human condition The moment we put our sense of love or sense of safety or sense of happiness in someone or something outside of ourselves, it can inevitably take, be, of course, taken away. And yeah, that hits like the sense of joy is it, it's more of an inside job that like radiates. I just um, I just put an offer in on a house. And I put in the 3% deposit mm-hmm. which was a solid 50 grand cash mm-hmm. and um you know i i have stuff for yeah. money you know yeah, i've stuff you like like i i don't like it when a certain bank account gets under 100 grand i don't like it when a certain you know and it's like just sitting I'm- in that um sitting in that place and knowing that I'm, I am totally safe. Not only am I safe, I'm like s- still very abundant and all the things, but the, I don't even want to attach to that. I, I just want to like sit in the safety 
knowing that there's been this big shift, which is, of course, going to completely proliferate my life in a, in a variety of ways. But anytime there's a big shift, right, whether it's like doing ayahuasca, whether it's putting money down on a house, starting a new partnership, making a, going back to school, doing a big change, some sort of change, all, everything gets and so we have to find it from within because my safety is not in my bank account. My safety is within me. Your safety is within you. Your safety is not in your bank account. And also, it's all a dream. And, right. And, and what we as humans are really good at doing is taking shit too seriously. Like really good at doing. <laughs> oh, dude. Pro. And, and, you know, when we take things too seriously, uh, we're causing pain. We're inflicting pain on ourselves. Like, like, okay. So you would never do this, but you know, the experiment is go turn on cable news for a day and see how you feel at the end of the day. Right. You see how seriously they're taking it and it, and that energy becomes contagious and for a lot of people and i used to be that because I, mm -hmm. I worked you know i worked in the car dealership and it was all that um that becomes addictive because there's a charge and that charge feels like pleasure but it but in the tr you know there, it's a trap it's it, right it's a trap yeah and and, and that's part of that intensity that's part of that intensity that people walk around with like is 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 they can, people can mistake pain for pleasure. That's huge. That's yeah. really big, and that's they part can. of the addiction piece. That's part of the like, oh well, this feels like terrible, but I kind of like. There's like a part of me that's like, ooh, because I'm so alive. It's there's a charge. Well, it's like substance too. Like, um, in the beginning, it's an ally. Mm -hmm. Like when you first start drinking, it's an ally, right? It makes you. Uh, it takes away um, discomfort in groups. It makes it, it's a heart opener. It makes you, um, in a lot of cases, more likable. There's more flow. You know, you're less stiff. All the things, right? There's no social awkwardness. Then, you know, five years later, well, let's just say then at the end of the night, and now you're eight drinks deep. Right. You're a mess, right? And then you wake up in the morning, and how do you feel? And then, and then, what did you do that that it, you, you, you that you somehow uh, that somehow uh, embarrassed you, you know, yeah. or like to a certain extent, like wait, alcohol. Hang on, I forgot to put my phone on. Do your thing. Do I your put, thing. forgot to put my phone on. On DND. Yeah. DND, baby. I will edit this out. Yeah, edit this out. Oh, DMT. All right, where are you? There you are. Okay, go ahead. What were you saying? So, so it's called a spirit for a reason, right? Like it's a spirit, right? And toward the beginning, like it brings out your spirit, right? You lose your inhibitions. You kind of get out of your ego. You're like, you're more you. You're more in your heart. Yeah. But if you go overboard, it yeah. takes your spirit totally away. 
it, 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 you, you were moving further and further away from your spirit, the more you consume it, right? It's like, yeah. there's, there is a sweet spot that's like, oh, this is fun. This feels good. This feels like me. And then you like tip it a little over and all of a sudden you're like so much further away from yourself, particularly with alcohol. It's like the gnarliest drug of all. Well, when I used to drink, so I, I actually came up with a, with something that I feel like made a lot of sense for me. And getting drunk feels amazing. Being drunk feels awful. Awful. I agree. Coming down from feeling drunk feels even worse. Totally. And so what ends up happening is, is people keep drinking. Because they don't want to feel that. And then they, you know, and then it turns into other things, right? Then, and then we're bypassing. <laughs> well, then, it, you know, for a lot of people that turns into cocaine because that feels like it sobers them up and now they're in a whole other thing. Mm, so, totally. Totally. Um, totally. You know, yeah. it, it, drugs are, drugs are interesting and they, and, and any of them and, and everything we put into our body. And this is, this is some, you know, and again, I could be totally wrong here. But from my experience, everything I put into my body is psychoactive. Everything. Right. From water to uh, a salad. Coffee. To coffee, to psilocybin, to ketamine, to, to Aya, to uh, energy drinks, um, nicotine, whatever it is. Whatever it is that you put into your body at any time is psychoactive and and understanding your relationship to everything you put into your body is valuable. Not easy. Does it, does it bring you closer to yourself or further away? Perfect, perfect response. And 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 also, are you self aware enough to know the difference? That. Because I'm not a lot of times. I get I'm it. not. And, and I rely, and, and there's a lot of times that I rely on reflection from others versus my understanding of myself, mm. uh, to get that information. And mm. so if I'm getting information, like, like I, you know, I, I, I was, uh, I was using ketamine for, you know, for pain and for, and for, I have ADD and it was, it was working for a long time, mm -hmm. but then, and, and my reflections from the people around me were like, you're the fucking best I've ever seen you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're happy. Cause I'm, gr I'm a grumpy fuck. And, and <laughs> I am It's part of my charm. I love it. And, <laughs> and, but I wasn't. And, and to be honest with you, it felt really good to not be because it's, you know, grumpiness for me, it's, it's unconscious. But it, it, it kind of just is. And I am in resistance to that, which makes it worse. You know, Deanna will say to me sometimes, like, are you happy? And I'm like, yeah. She'll be like, you don't look happy. I'm like, well, this is what happy looks like on me. <laughs> you know? Uh, uh -huh. uh, um, but, but, but being free of that for however long that was, it felt good. And then... You know, it started to fuck with my body, and you know, I had I had the bladder thing, and then I would go to the gym, and I had like superhuman strength in the gym, and so I, you know, so I literally like have to go have hernia surgery because I I fucking lifted four hundred pounds or whatever it was. So Jesus Christ, <laughs> whatever it was, um, 
intensity. Scott yeah, right? not, is I'm not the definition intense. of intensity. Trust me. Trust me. I'm not intense. I'm totally chill. <laughs> I'm the chillest person you ever met. Oh, God. Your self-awareness <laughs> is so fucking fire. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's so good. I want all of this. Thank you. You have it. You're you're the most self-aware person I know. To, but but like honestly, my pendulum is so like I'm almost like too. You know what I mean? Like I'm too aware. <laughs> well, that's tricky too. <laughs> totally. I was talking. I'm to- also super intuitive because I'm like, oh, they fucking think. Like, oh, they like. Oh, she can feel that. Oh, you know, I, I go into. But like, that was what you got out of when I first met you because you were you were spilling out because you yeah. were you were so aware. But Can't you've you, you, like your 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 growth trajectory over the last way I meet like almost eight years ago, seven years ago. Uh, your growth trajectory from that time to now, and I you know I told you before I think it's I think I think the the shot up happened when your mom died and you became for sure um, you became the owner of your life for 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 lack of a better term. For sure, um, enmeshment is. A hell of a drug, <laughs> you know. I mean, like that's, codependency that's, is a hell of a drug. Dude, I mean, you talk about so that, but that's one of those things you you put that in your body. That's right. in, you're storing that in your body. Exactly, and it's psychoactive. Makes me do shit. It makes you do shit. It makes you act a certain way. It makes Think you a like it makes way. You, it, it, it's all of it. Yeah. Um. But like we were talking this weekend, uh, I was talking to to Kyle, and I was talking about like. Do you think linearly, like in words, Alexa? Sometimes. I never, I've never had a, I've never had a thought. I I, I spend a lot of my, it's kind of weird. I think it could be ADD. I don't really know. I don't really think. That's amazing. Unless I'm obsessing over like some kind of finance thing. I don't really think, mm. and I don't know if it's good or bad. God, it sounds incredible to me because you're very know. smart. See, and that's 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 something that that's something that I hear and don't always believe. Do you loop? Like go in circles? Because I do that. I go. I loop. Like obsessively loop. Mm-hmm. Only when it comes to things I don't really want to do, like mm. calling an accountant. <laughs> Nobody likes <laughs> to do that. It's the worst. No, some people love that shit. Deanna loves it. Are you kidding me? It's her favorite thing in the world. Such a no for me. It's such a no. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? It's a bigger no than that. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's, that's up there on my list, too. Way up there. It's all confusing. and Like... Yeah, all, all that stuff, like that kind of thing, that left brain stuff, it feels very um, far away for me. Mm-hmm. Right brain stuff, which is funny because I'm not really creative. Like I don't paint, I don't read, I don't write. I listen to a book every now and again. No, you're creative. You just don't have an instrument like that. Your voice is your instrument. It's like how you speak to clients and like can eloquently just kind of like transpose yeah. whatever's in there. Like that's your art. You. That's don't give me that bullshit. You're totally an artist. It's just not like, right. It's not like there's, it's not like putting pen to paper. Like it's correct. not like 
It's not like manifesting something physical. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with that. But uh, like if I have a lapse in clients because the holidays or whatever happens, I have a hard time not checking out. Mm. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a soldier without a mission. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And then I got to try to find something to do, which is, is, I don't know. Well, I suppose so, that's, that's resist. That's an element of resistance, right? Like, well, it's an element of pain or the fear. Yeah. It's, a, it's also an element of the resistance for me is, is in that I don't just do something. I'll just sit in analysis paralysis. Yeah. I'll just sit in it. That will happen. And I think that happens with a lot of people, which is why people get comfortable in a nine to five. They know where they got to be, you know, and they're going to leave and they're going to clock out. There's, there's a value in it for some people. Totally. Totally. It's a good defense. It's a really good defense. It's an easy defense. And, and I've seen that. I've seen Alex does that too. Alex can do well, that. Well, he too. and I are, are similar in that way. Mm-hmm. He and I are actually similar in a lot of ways. Totally. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you guys are like same coin, two different sides. Yeah. Like we have a similar ex wife situation. We have a similar yeah. that checkout thing. We have a similar like yeah. vibration that people kind of want to be around us. But then like, like there's a similar, there's a lot of similarities without a doubt between he and I. I know. I love and I that. and I really value his perspective on things. We also it's a similarity that we both grew up here. That's right. There's like four of you that actually did that. Yeah, you're two out of the four. Yeah. So we we have a we have a union, and, and we also know like a hundred people in common. Right. Before we knew each other. So good. So yeah. good. Speaking yeah. of clients, if if you could call in, like the perfect client. This is for all of you listening who are potentially looking for tremendous, tremendous support, like fucking epic support. Who would you want to call in? Um, the first thing that I ask for is somebody who's going to be accountable to themselves. Like who's going to, who's going to, um, who's going to be supportable. And what I mean by supportable is, is willing to hear a question or a possibility that there's something that they're not seeing that maybe I'm seeing Mm -hmm. like that's in their blind spot Mm -hmm. because everybody, there's nobody alive that doesn't have a blind spot. Like it's like right here, you know, like when you're in a car and you can't see that there's a tree, but there's a tree. Everybody has that. Um, somebody who is, uh, is committed to to working towards joy versus happiness. Somebody that you know, like, like if you come to me and you say, uh, "Well, I have these goals," my response is going to be something along the lines of "Fuck your goals," and then I'm going to say, "Why exactly. don't we?" Yeah, probably something like that. Why don't we um, change your reality such that 
what you thought were your goals exist in the new reality. Hmm. So it's a willingness to change the whole reality because if you are set, if you, if you set goals and you go chasing goals, you're going to, you're going to get to the goal, mm-hmm. but then another goal is going to show up and then another goal is going to show up and then another goal is going to show up and you're just yeah. going to wear yourself out and you're ne- and you're, and, and then you're going to, and then what inevitably is going to happen, you know, they say, keep your eye on the prize. Well, that's nonsense. Right. Keep your eye on right fucking now right. and trust that the prize is coming. Now, do you do, set yourself up to know what the prize is? Right, which a lot of people have a hard time doing. Like, what do you want your life to look look like? Immediately they go into what they don't want it to look like. Right. Right. So it's a it's also a willingness to 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 get creative and dream into something that maybe they think is impossible. That willingness to align <clears throat> with the the potentiality rather than like, oh, this is it. Like this is where I want to be. Yeah, it like, comes limited. Let me align with like the unknown, but like trusting that like I'm moving in a direction that feels authentic and joyful because it's coming from me. My my take is 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 what you do is you put it in your navigation system. Everybody has one. Uh, everybody's operating on one. Most people don't have a have they don't have a concept of what there is at the end. So right. put the thing at the end and make it crazy, and then. Get in the car. Remember, row, row, row your boat. So get in the boat and then make mm. the boat as comfortable as you can. Mm. Make it as bougie as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it as challenging or as not challenging to drive as you can. Understanding if you have, if you put yourself in a race car, it's not going to be that comfortable, but you might get there faster, which is going to require mm-hmm. more discipline. Because if you're in a race car, you got to know how to use all the pedals and the gears and all like the, right? Got to be strong and as it, fuck. Right. Or you could put yourself in a minivan. Which is going to take, it's going to might take longer, but it's going to be more comfortable. Right? There's TV in the back. Yeah, there's TV in the back. So there's distractions. Right? But so you, you put yourself in, in, the, in the car and then look at all the magic around you. You don't want to go through this thing with blinders on. Because if you go through this thing with blinders on, again, you get, to the, you get to the goal and then guess what happens? You die. Right? You know, the we thing know about romance. The thing about row, row, row your boat gently down the stream is that at the end of the stream is a big cliff and you're going off it. So if you're not in the experience of being in the boat and you're focused on the death, you're not enjoying life at all. At all. You know, so don't just look straight ahead. Like, like, look at the, look at the, the butterfly that just flew by or the, the red tail hawk that, you know, like, don't like, cause remember the law of attraction is, is, is perfect. And so whatever you focus on, you're going to see more of. Can we all just take a second? To, like I call this beauty hunting, like just notice something. It could be the cup of coffee in front of you. It could be looking out your window and seeing a bird just like take a second might be the first time you've looked up in a while that's so that's just perfectly put Kaufman like you can't you know how you this ends you can't you can't have or you're you're net you're not going to create a, a reality that 
is magic until you recognize that you're that the whole dream itself is magic the whole thing even when it even when i'm laying flopping on the ground wanting to do, do i want to live do i want to die am i having a psychotic break am i not like even that it just is so so uh, um accountability supportability a willingness to change your reality it's not just a willingness it's a it's a it's a desire but it's not a want it's not coming from from need and not having it's coming from well we're here now and we have have uh we have talents right and my goal is to match your talents with your purpose and watch the fireworks that's the real goal Scott, where can we find you? Where can we connect you? Um, you can, uh, I have a website, uh, www.thebridge.la, one word, the bridge. Um, I have an Instagram. I think it's, uh, Alexa, I'll have to put that in the notes. I don't I'll even know what it is. Show notes. It's perfect. Um, or reach out to Alexa. Just give you my phone number. Perfect. perfect. Yeah. I'm here for it. Um, I love you so much. I love you more. I'm going to, am I seeing you tomorrow? Yeah. Are you coming here or am I going I there? can. Either way. Either way. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Guys, thanks for listening. Love you. L- love you. Bye-bye. Guys, thank you so much for being here, taking the time out of your day to connect, to get altered. What a gift. If you liked this episode, please do share it. Share it with someone who could benefit from it. Share it on social media. We need to have these conversations. We need to have free content that we can integrate into our lives. So share it. It would mean so much to me and it will probably mean something to whoever you share it with. Uh, Again, if you haven't already, please do leave us a five-star review and a written review wherever you listen to this podcast. It will help us so much and you're the best. Thanks so much.